Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, wana sta'inuhu, wana staghfiruhu, wana u'minu bihi, wana tawakilu alayhi. Wana uzu billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillahu falamudilla lah, man yudlilhu falahadiya lah. Wana ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wana ashadu anna muhammadana abuduhu wa rasooluhu. وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. Wanu'minu bihi, wanatawakalu alayh. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam and many more, and many more, kathiran kathira. And once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand before you, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. What is changing in our world, what is changing in our communities, and what is changing in our relationships, and what is changing in our hearts. Look what is happening in the world, ongoing situation in Palestine, ongoing situation in Syria, ongoing situation in Somalia, in the Sudan, ongoing situation in Pakistan. And what is a reminder, at least for those of us who are here, is that any one of us at any moment can get called back to Allah for our judgment. And once again, think about the, what's happening in Syria from the perspective that it doesn't even make the news, that the bloodshed has gotten so mundane that we don't even hear about it except through our, our own sources within our own networks. And yet, day after day after day, people are getting called back to that which is inevitable for each and every one of us, back to our judgment. And we'll come back to this point in just a moment, inshallah, what is also happening in our society. So we've been in this current presidential administration for just a little over a month, and it feels like it's been so long, and every single week, New, it seems to take a new step lower and lower and lower. And on that note, I keep reminding each and every one of us, starting with myself, but every single one of us, that if I'm not increasing my Iman in this situation, what will it take? Toward the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, about two-thirds, about three-quarters of the way of, into Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah Ta'ala is telling every single one of us to enter into submission fully, kafa. And then the question is, what will it take? Because ask the children of Israel, they received every single luxury, but that was not enough. Meaning they saw every single miracle, 
But that was not enough. And Allah Ta'ala asks, would you want to see Allah himself coming in a cloud carried by angels? And if that were the case, it would be too late. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? We often speak to ourselves and speak to each other that this life is a test. And the completion, the grading of the test is on the day of judgment. And you and I see this threat that seems to be coming closer and closer and closer to each and every one of us. Even if you look at the State of the Union address that took place a few days ago, it was literally stating the case for war. It was literally stating the case for further persecution, especially of undocumented people in our society. Right? An entire agency has been formed. It's voice, I forgot what the exact uh, initials were. Violence of immigrant community something something. But what was the point there? They're stating the case that if you're illegal, you're a deadly threat. And we have many in our community who are illegal. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? When you see the threat coming, it should, at the very least, open your heart to retreat to Allah, to seek refuge with Allah. And if that won't do it for me, then what will it take? So this is the, the, the brutal reality of the environment that you and I are in right now. But bring it closer to home. Look at your relationships. Compare your relationships today with what the condition was of your relationships a year ago. Whether we speak about the way you spend your time with your friends, whether the way you speak with your family members, how do you conduct yourselves with them, how do you speak with them, how do you respond to them, how forgiving are you with them, because this is something that you control. This is something that you have complete control over, at least your responses, your interactions. And then, of course, bring it even closer to home. Look at the condition of your heart. That when you are lifting your hands in dua to Allah, as you will in just a few moments, once again, do you have more conviction that he is there than you did a year ago? Do you have more conviction that he is there and he is answering? Do you have more conviction that he is there, he is answering to your satisfaction? Because that is under your control. What I think of Allah is under my control. And I have to make this point again and again because so many Muslims come to my office struggling with faith and that's understandable because even early on in the Quran Allah Ta'ala says if you have doubt then do the following and what is the lesson to take? That it is possible that you will have doubt. But what often happens is that students will come to me saying week after week Allah hates me. Allah dislikes me. You and I do not have the right to have that opinion. Because even if you are the worst of sinners, even if we were to make a list of all the sins, al-kaba'ir, all the big sins, and even if you were to do all of them, you do not have permission to think that Allah hates you. Why? Because he keeps the door open for repentance for each and every one of us, until, as the Prophet says, peace be upon him, until the sun rises from the west or until your soul reaches the neck. What are we saying here, my beloved brothers and sisters? So long as the door of repentance is open, then you and I can never have the opinion that Allah hates us. Rather, so long as the door of repentance is open, and how much Allah loves repentance, meaning how much, Allah, how much Allah loves that we keep turning back to him after we fall off the wagon, so to speak, 
That is proof of love of Allah for each and every one of us. Keep reminding yourselves of that. And sometimes I have to remind students who feel like they have no hope, the fact that they've come to my office means that they have hope, because you are reaching out. And that's an open door for every single one of us in this room. So look at the condition of your heart in your relationship with Allah, especially because that is something you have control over. You decide what you think of Allah, which then means you decide what you think Allah thinks of you. So have a good opinion of Allah. Have a good opinion of what Allah will do for you. And if you have a good opinion, then you will see your life manifesting as good before you. If you have a negative opinion, or if you have the, the opinion that Allah is absent, then that is what you will see playing out in your lives. Okay. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of this over and over again. Now, there's something that I need to remind us about every single semester, every single week, and I still haven't figured out a way to make it effective. So, there is a narration attributed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, where one of the companions came to him and asked him, and I'm paraphrasing for the purpose of simplicity, cut to the chase. Tell me what I need to know that will get me into paradise and will not send me to hell. Okay. Cut to the chase, what do I really need to know? And the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said, you've asked a profound question. And he gives a series of answers. And the first answer is worship none but Allah. All of us know that as an answer. Okay. And then he takes it a step further, and then he narrates the five pillars. And you and I know that. And then he takes it a step further, and he speaks about praying in the middle of the night, the hajjud, which we've spoken about over and over again. And those of you who do community work in any capacity, look at the hajjud, breaking your sleep in the middle of the night as an obligation on you. Not far but something you need to do because what is one of the benefits of the hajjud? It helps you strengthen your soul. It's like in our language, it gives you backbone because you're breaking your sleep to serve God. And I'll remind you of that narration that, that I enjoy mentioning over and over again attributed to Anas ibn Malik. Anas ibn Malik was this young boy who his mother sent him to serve the Prophet, peace be upon him, where he is saying that the Prophet, peace be upon him, has said that if you pray to Rakah, in my mosque, meaning Masjid Nabawi in Medina, it's equal to 100,000 of your normal prayers. If you pray at the Haram in Mecca, right in front of the Kaaba, it's equal to 200,000 of your normal prayers. If you pray on the battlefield, and FBI, I'm not calling everyone to the battlefield, but if you pray on the battlefield, alf, alf, it's equal to a million of your normal prayers. And more valuable than all of those is the prayer that you do in the middle of the night in the darkness of your home. Okay. That's how huge the hajjud is. And if you can make that a practice, you will develop a sweetness, an actual feeling of sweetness. But what am I saying? The prophet, peace be upon him, said that this path to get to paradise, to avoid hell, right, the hajjud. And then he gave another example, speaking of fasting, and he gave another example, speaking of sadaqah, Give and give and give. And it's that point in the khutbah that you know every single khutbah that I remind ourselves that even if you have no money, even a smile is sadaqah. And again, I look at the entire crowd and I see nobody smiles. Okay, two people, mashallah. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? The Prophet gave us a series of answers to the question. But then what was his final answer? He says, shall I show you the key for all of these? And then he held his tongue. <laughs> 
And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? The prophet is reported to have said, paraphrasing through the entire narration, that the key to paradise and the key to avoiding hell is controlling your tongue. There's other narrations. Control that which is between your teeth and that which is between your legs, and I, give you, and I promise you paradise. But what are we saying here? The easiest thing for you to control is your tongue when we're talking about gossip. The easiest thing for you to control is your tongue when we're talking about bad language. The easiest thing for you to control is your tongue when we're talking about suspicion. Okay. And if you can't control your tongue, what else would you be able to control? Think about how small your tongue is. So think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters, that the prophet, peace be upon him, is saying the key to all of this is control of your tongue. Because take it a step further. The condition of my heart, the purity of my heart will inform my intentions. So the more pure my heart is, the more pure my intentions will be. And then my intentions will inform my actions. So if my heart is pure, my intentions are pure, my actions will be pure. But if I do a bad deed, because of a bad intention, then my action will be impure. But what also happens? My actions then further influence my heart. So if I say something nasty about someone, if I say something slanderous about someone, if I say something false about someone, and I also, as all of you know, have to be just as careful about this because you know how much I like to tease pretty much half the people in this room. I'd even name them, but then I might be teasing again. So what do I say to my beloved brothers and sisters? That if I say something nasty, then I'm putting a black spot on my heart. Thus, I'm obscuring my intentions. Thus, I'm opening the door for my next action to be obscured, which then brings more black to my heart. So thus, we are taught, this is both in the Quran and the teachings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that anytime you do a bad action, follow it up with a good action. Anytime you do something bad, follow it up with something good. So if you say something bad, follow it up by saying something good. And I mean seriously saying something good, not like we have this joke you know, that a student of mine from Texas says that every, after everything you say, bless your heart. So if you want to say insult, if you want to insult someone, say they're the greatest people I've ever met, bless their hearts. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that if you say something nasty, at least say astaghfirullah. Okay. And follow it up with a good action. Okay. But think about the effect. If you hear that someone is saying nasty things about you, think about what happens then in your mind. And think about the different ways your mind races. If you even think someone is saying nasty things about you. And then further, if someone says something nasty to you directly, think of what happens in your mind. One of my big regrets from the first day teaching at Loyola, you know, mashallah, that was nine years ago. My first day teaching at Loyola, for some reason, this is the first time I'm actually teaching a large population of Pakistanis, and there was a Pakistani kid in the class, and he had been emailing me for months to learn about the class, intro to Quran, I want to take this class, so forth and so on. And as is the case, because he's Pakistani, he's pre-med, that I just kept teasing him the entire class. He had never met me, and then he dropped the class. And I feel bad, and I still think about this nine years later. 
and who knows, who knows where he'll go, inshallah, he'll do great things in his life, and hopefully he won't hate me. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Once again, I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. But what happens when you say things or you hear things, you'll remember it. I can fall short on you in my obligations to you time after time after time again, and you will probably forgive me, hopefully. But if I'm mean to you, if I'm abrasive to you, you'll probably remember it, right? This is one of our teachings, that you will always remember how people treat you. You may not remember what people have done for you. You may not even remember other things people have done, but you will remember how they made you feel. And then what happens? This is how we split up and fall into cliques. This is how we split up and fall into rivalries. And so what we're saying is that even control of the tongue is a key to bringing people together. And we're also taught by the Prophet, peace be upon him, if, that if you want to spread love with each other, you've all heard this many times, spread the salam. So if there's people in this room you haven't talked to, before you leave, I'm obliging you, at least say salam to them. Get to know everybody in this room. Everybody in this room is going through the same struggles that you're going through, maybe a different variation, but every single one of us, going back to the beginning of the khutbah, at the very least, is a target. And then we are also taught that when someone does something nice to you, give them the blessings of paradise. Jazakumullahu khayran, jazakillah, jazakallah, or as we like to say because we're cool, jazaks. Say something nice, wishing a prayer for them. Meaning, what am I saying? Keep your tongue full of nice things so there won't be space for nasty things. Keep your tongue full of praise of God, of seeking forgiveness, of praising others in a polite way. And that will also then strengthen your heart and make it your habit to continue to say nice things. But what's another thing, reason to keep saying astaghfirullah is because this is also a teaching that it'll keep disaster averted as long as you have a population that keeps seeking the forgiveness of Allah. So now let us take a moment and ask Allah for forgiveness. Wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. It thrills me to no end to stand here before you each of the various Fridays, not because I'm standing, but because I see so many of you who are coming here for prayers. Because I see so many of you coming here in the middle of the day for your prayers. I remember when I was in college, I missed a few too many Jummahs. A'udhu billah, a'udhu billah. We should, probably shouldn't share our sins. But the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is that it thrills me to no end when I see all of you coming here. And so, yes, may Allah Ta'ala reward each and every one of you for your efforts in coming here, whether they are big, whether they are small. But also, you are also giving benefit, blessing to the people sitting next to you. Because the bigger the crowd gets, the more subconsciously, unconsciously, we also, everyone else around you feels it. So not only are you giving a benefit to yourself by coming here, not only are you giving a benefit to me coming here, you're also giving a benefit to the person who's sitting next to you. This is, we are taught, we have the two big holidays, Eid al-Adha, Eid al-Fitr, and some people want to say the Maulid is not an Eid, but the point is that every Friday is also an Eid. Okay? So enjoy it. Enjoy the moment being here with your brothers and sisters. 
because it's nothing as sweet as the enjoyment of piety. Piety usually is very boring, let's admit it. But the enjoyment of being with pious people together is a very sweet enjoyment that once you begin to taste of it, you want more. Just like, you know, there was a whole lot of music playing in this room last night. We can talk about that some other time. But just like the enjoyment of hearing silence. No, I'm not making a commentary on last night's event. But I'm saying when you develop the taste of silence, it also becomes something sweet which also means that sometimes you don't need to say anything. Okay. So my beloved brothers and sisters, what is the overall point? Keep taking an analysis of yourself. Look at your condition in general, but then I have to really urge this because of what's happening in our society. As I say to you almost every week, I have no idea where we're gonna be in a year. And every single week of this presidency, it's as though things go a step lower, which means we might find ourselves being like the Muslims standing before the Quraysh at the Battle of Badr, not in the sense of getting ready for war, but in the sense of them realizing that in this moment they have nothing but their iman. They have nothing but their faith in Allah. And that was sufficient for them. So with that, I remind you of someone who has suffered more than all of us, perhaps more than all of us combined, and that is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the simple translation is indeed, 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 Allah and his angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O you who believe, send blessings upon the Prophet. Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atana fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Ya Rab, O turner of hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience and make our footsteps firm. And please shower your blessings upon the students who put in all of their efforts, whether it's for MSA or PSA or SJP or SOS or whatever the organization is, to make our experiences bringing each and every one of us closer together and then hopefully bringing each and every one of us closer to Allah. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqeem as-salah.